Hello. This is London Snowbell here at Snowball's Castle. And welcome to this episode of The Intimacies of London Snowbell. A few weeks ago, I found myself sort of unable to get myself ready for the day. I had two days off already, and it was Thursday, January 7th, 2021, and I was scheduled to go to work. And that night, I had suffered from an extreme nightmare, and it totally put me out of commission. I had woken up the next day with the with the greatest intentions of going to work to fulfill my shift, but I had decided to stay home. And it's so crazy because earlier that week, I met with my team leader to go over my progress, and I was doing really well. And he, he goes, you know, do you know how to use your time off? You have plenty of time. You know, if you need a break, I know, you know, we can get burnt out. If you, you need some time, just this is how you use it. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't think I need any time off. And he was like, it's good that you haven't called out. But if you do need to, this is available to you. And so I had been working five months at this point in my company And uh, so here comes that Thursday and I just felt so much emotion, severely overwhelmed and not sure that I would be able to remove myself from my feelings and fulfill my role as a VIP reservationist. I did not feel customer service friendly that day. And so I made the call in, I called out. And I laid back down. I put on a meditation. I just selected a random one. It just looked pretty on YouTube. Like it was, had purple colors on the picture and everything. And I just put it on. And uh, I was listening. And as I was listening, I started to get some insight. Now, a few months earlier for my birthday, I had went crazy at the craft store and brought a whole bunch of wooden crafts and I love boxes and I had a whole bunch. I ended up coming home with a whole bunch of boxes and they just sat in the corner of my room and I slowly started to open them and started to do things slowly but surely. But I had these big um, treasure chests and I was just like, what will I do with these? So as I was just laying down on my bed, listening to the meditation, receiving messages and being receptive, I said, wow, I have an idea. And I got up and I started to put this project to work. Now, this is the second time I've recorded this podcast. The first podcast, the first time around, um, I realized one, I was missing a few things. One, a phone, like another, I had a phone call come in that disrupted my uh, recording because I ended up picking up the phone, missed the call anyways. And so I didn't like the way the audio sounded and I forgot elements of the project. So 
what came to mind to me was instead of focusing on forgiveness, a concept that I don't quite understand just doesn't sit right with me. Instead, focus on hatred. And I say I don't understand forgiveness because when I thought I had it, when I thought I had it down packed, when I felt like, all right, I worked through all of my personal issues, I miss my family, I want to be with them again. But I would continue to get rewounded over and over and over again. And it was just like, I don't understand what I'm forgiving. And so as I started paying attention more to my dreams, I started to share them on Facebook Live. And I actually really enjoy it. And I've been doing it for a while now. I'm on episode 10. So good. A week and three days. And I started to have discussions. And it started to help me realize like, wow, maybe dreams have an evolutionary purpose. Maybe I'm fighting with my family and my dreams and people in my dreams as a means to help me stay aware and out of danger. So as I cycle through this journey of healing, I realize that I don't always have to be happy that I don't always have to have people in my life that have hurt me before. And that it's time to deal with these things that I've been trying not to deal with. So as I learn to develop my voice and gain my strength and move out of that woe is me state of mind, I've come to realize woe is me. And I deserve to feel everything that I want to feel that comes to me. And I can deal with it in the best way that I can. In previous years of therapy, that term forgiveness has come up so much. And my current therapist right now, we're not focused on forgiveness. We're focusing on acceptance. Acceptance that the woman who gave birth to me will never be able to give me what I need. And I was always taught that men are the bad ones. Men are the abusers. But always in my household, like I've never seen what my stepfather did to my mom. At that point when they were fighting, I always seen her charging at him with a knife or trying to get to him and he would hide behind us, me and my sister. And so, as I think of all the things that I've mourned, you know, mourned the fact that my family was different from others. When I went to college, especially Mitchell College, many, many students went back home. And I ended up dating this this boy who I was just so overcome with anger at his so-called privilege because his mom provided a home for him a car and made sure he was set. He didn't have to work during college. And I was just always so resentful of that, that I didn't have that, that I was always struggling 
and always staying on campus and having nowhere to go for the holidays, not being able to spend it with my family because they were not open arms to me. So part of my healing process is realizing and accepting that my mother, besides mental health, is just a bad person. And it really hurts. Like, I'm not this child who's spoiled and, you know, just angry and upset because I didn't get my way. No. I'm mad because my mom was neglectful. And then it moved from being neglectful to her being present. And for her marrying this man who I had to deal with for 10 to 11 years of my life while I was living in that home. And when I thought about making this podcast in the first place, like a while ago, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to tell it in this, you know, tell my story. It's time to tell the truth. And I thought about using all these pretty words and creating this whole scenario, but I'm just going to be matter of fact. My mom took me upstairs to her bedroom, her and her boyfriend, which is her husband now, took me up to their bedroom and she undressed me and left me naked in front of him. And then it goes on from there. I could understand and I think I'd have a better time forgiving if my mom tried to protect me. If that like this man came in with positive energy pretending to be this really good person and then all of a sudden he starts beating her and she's doing her her best to protect my sister and I but no. This was not something that was insidious. It was something that happened super fast and was just something I could not forgive. And I would constantly share my story with people because I thought it was just something that happened to me. And I thought people would be surprised. I thought I'd gain, you know, people to protest with me against them and people to rescue me, but I really had to go through this alone. Now, don't get me wrong. I had people who connected me to resources, people who told me I was strong and that there is a purpose for my life and people who would guide me along the way, but there's nothing that could really take that feeling of way of wanting to be home with my mom. And so during this meditation, I came up with this idea that I would use one of those treasure chests that I have to create a box where I can place my hatred into. And I want to place it into a box because it's not something I want to continue to carry with me in my everyday life. I see boxes as things to contain feelings, emotions, ideas, thoughts, and I need to release this into something different. And it's so crazy how this idea came to me. Yes, I thought I'd call it a box of caution because in the boxes that I've collected over time where I turned into crafts, I have a box of love, 
I also created a box of elements and I was like, this is going to be a box of caution. So when I think evolutionary wise, not just my physical self, but my mental health, I need to protect myself, which means to not be around people who drain my energy. And that is my family. So what would I put in this box of caution? I thought I also had this brilliant idea to create like what looks like a bingo card. So I took plain white computer paper, created boxes. So there's five across, five down, 25 boxes essentially on the page, on each page. And in the middle where the free space would be, that's where I put my mother's name. And that day I I turned on some shamanic music. I painted the box black, waited for that paint to dry. I've been working on this for about two weeks. Um, And I can describe the box to you. Painted it black. I got yellow caution tape. Well, it's not caution tape. It's regular yellow duct tape where I wrote caution all around it. And then I wrote things like the ones who claim to love and protect you. (sighs) Pastors, family, cousins, brothers, sisters, rapists, molesters, You know, it's all for power, fame, and glory. And on the inside at the bottom, I wrote the word hate. On the inside cover, on the top, I said, those who are responsible for the decline of my mental health, fuck you. And on the outside, it says, enter at your own risk. Once you open this, you will self-destruct. So I never really had much privacy growing up. Anytime I would write and try to create something, people were so nosy. One time my brother found my diary and showed it to my mom. She beat me in front of all my friends and punished me for the entire summer. So that's what the box of caution looks like. Now what's going inside are these, what I call these bingo cards. And once I created those boxes, I just wrote, I I wrote in those boxes every single thing that I could think of. And it became so exhausting, but I was like, I have to keep going. And I kept going and going and going until I felt that I had gotten all of it out. And at one point I got tired of making the boxes. So I kind of just took one piece of paper and wrote one thing on it. And then I ended up putting a couple of more boxes on there. So a total of 149 reasons why I hate my mother. And some things overlap. There are some reoccurring themes, but those are exactly what kept coming up at the moment. And I said, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to filter. I'm not going to erase. I'm not going to modify. I'm just going to be straight up. And if it comes up over and over again, then just write it out again. Because that one thing could be a reason for a whole bunch of other things. And this is just the beginning. So... I am going to start here and give you the 40, 149 reasons why I hate my mother. I hate her for being absent, for being neglectful, for undressing me for her husband, for not protecting me, for putting me into danger with her own two hands for allowing her husband to abuse me, for her abusing me, for her abandoning me. I hate her for not feeding me and leaving me hungry, for taking and stealing money from me, for taking away my opportunities to progress financially, for not protecting my womanhood, for exploiting me, for not valuing me, for being unemotionally available, for telling me Domingo didn't care about me, for confusing me, for leaving me alone with Roche and you were nowhere to be found, for having me believe everything was my fault, for not being there for me when I would wake up in the middle of the night for trying to change my last name, for trying to make me a dependent during tax season, for putting the phone bill in my name, for making me pee in a cup so you could pass a drug test, for always having me high on Benadryl, for having poor boundaries, for denying the life I had inside of me, for not showing up for events, for being a crackhead, for selling food stamps for drugs, for not paying the hot water bill, for not giving me privacy, for not letting me choose my own partners, for invading my space and not giving me warning to give you permission or you asking to be in my home with my boyfriend while I was not there. For being lecherous. For pushing me away. I hate you for making me pay for my own meals on family outings while you covered everyone else. For not allowing me to be an individual. For giving conditional love. For invading my privacy. For giving me depression for making me suicidal, for leaving me with Tamaris after I told you he was abusing me, for not being a place of refuge, for making me feel shame, for making me feel fat, for making me feel unworthy, for not making me feel beautiful. I hate you for giving me away. I hate you for giving me up. I hate you for trying to get me back after giving me up. I hate you for sending me to Tessie's house, 
for making me pay rent when I worked only 8 to 12 hours a week at a rate of less than minimum wage. For making me pay rent and still stealing from me. For making me pay rent and provide my own meals when you provided for Jasmine. For not giving me the opportunity to build a foundation for myself. For holding on to Jasmine and resenting me for my success. For consistently taking from me. For not accepting me for being unique. For making me feel shame about making my own decisions to have sex. For turning Jasmine against me. For enabling others to treat me disrespectfully. For infantilizing me. For, de for denying me an identity. For beating me in public when Vincent found my diary. For looking for you when I couldn't find you. For making me believe your absence was my fault. I hate you for blaming everything on me. I hate you for saying you were going to bring me food and then you came to visit me with no food. For making believe I was a bad girl. I hate you for forcing me to accept your husband. I hate you for hiding my favorite food and making me knock on your door and getting permission from your husband so that I could eat. For creating a limited view of the world. For not providing a healthy home or a place of refuge. For leaving me at Sam's house and us going into foster care again due to your neglect. I hate you for your fake appearance as a good mother. I hate you for not having a strong family unit. I hate you for trying to make Roche my father. For not allowing me to have my own ideas or thoughts. For not letting me know my real father. For trying to kill my father. I hate you for putting me down for, no, for not pursuing a forensic science degree at University of New Haven. For creating competition with me. For creating competition between me and Jasmine. For your sick idea of Halloween. For you and Roche telling me and Jasmine to dress up and then take pictures of us. For no longer having dinner with us at the table. I hate you for not being there to talk to you about my problems in school. For my clothes being stolen and later found in Jasmine's dirty clothes. For making me responsible for the house when you couldn't fulfill your role. For periods of not caring and then caring to the point where caring too much led to my punishment. I hate you for forcing Roche onto me. I hate you for showing me off and dressing me inappropriately for Halloween. I hate you for trying to give me off to red. For believing the only way I could be successful was through a man of your choice. For sexualizing me. I hate you for giving us away to Vaughn. I hate you for pretending to be a good person. I hate you for still being married to Roche when you said you were getting a divorce. I hate you for hiding your continued marriage from me. 
using your addiction as an excuse for your behavior, for not being different after getting sober, for being present for the grandchildren, for separating me from my friends, for making me tell Cookie we couldn't be friends because of your problems with Estelle, for making me punch Edwin in the face because you said he did something bad to Jasmine. I hate you for taunting me and making me do things I didn't want to, like punch Edwin in the face. I hate you because after punching Edwin in the face, I lost Joey. For creating a hostile environment. For being your daughter. For not giving me privacy. For trying to take my autonomy. For not being healthy. For being mentally ill. For having a drug addiction. For choosing drugs and men over me. For using me as a pawn in your game. I hate you for being gone. I hate you for having these words formed on my lips and saying those words out of my mouth. Mommy, where are you? For having loud sex. For trying to erase me. For trying to eliminate me. I hate you for trying to deny my existence. For trying to undo me. For trying to manipulate me. For trying to change my expression. For trying to change my impression. For denying my existence. For trying to suppress my impact on the world. For creating a battle. For causing me to not love myself. For not loving yourself even after getting sober. For putting relaxers in my hair. For not creating boundaries among your children. I hate you for being immature. For not realizing you were wrong. For not allowing me to have a voice. For not cultivating my talents. For abusing the talents you did acknowledge in me. For exploiting me as an entire being for damaging our relationship, for not allowing healthy transitions, for being selfish, for not having maternal instincts. I certainly hate you for saving Shay Shay and not me. I hate you for still being alive after overdosing so many times. I hate you for watching Vincent attack me and you just stood there not doing anything and not trying to get him off of me. I hate you for objectifying me through child labor, family honor, and for using me as a pawn. And I hate you for taking away my childhood. <sighs> I hate that I was born to a woman like you. A woman who biologically can have children but doesn't have the maternal instinct. You are evil. I hate you. You must have had a slither of goodness in you for me to exist in the way that I do. You don't deserve to be part of my history. 
I struggled so much with this idea of forgiveness, forgiving you because you are my mom and someday you'll die and I'll regret not forgiving you. Forgiveness towards others is just a manipulative tool enforced upon others to forget the evil others have done to them, therefore limiting our ability to sense danger and to stay alive. I absolutely hate you. You know how many times I thought about killing Roche, but instead tried to turn the knife on myself? That's why I called Booby and Vaughn that day to shoot Roche in the head, but they missed. My life would have been more miserable if Roche was killed because of me. You probably would have tried to kill me. It's funny how you tried to kill my dad and then I tried to kill your husband. Funny. I fucking hate you, bitch. hundred and forty nine reasons as to why I hate my mother and this has accumulated over a span of 30 years 30 years I'd always get angry at my mom I, I would always get angry at her um, and I just hate the fact that you know everyone calls me little Jackie and I have my own identity. I don't have her name. I have my own name. And when it comes to protecting myself and surviving and evolving and making it through this jungle of a world that I had no idea, the more that I learned, the more I stay connected, especially with YouTube and watching TED Talks. I absolutely love the TED Talks because I realized that what I felt was just an American anomaly is something that is normal in this country. Normally, when you hear about human trafficking and children being kidnapped and forced into child labor, women forced into prostitution and dancing and developing drug addictions, you think that, you know, that doesn't happen here. You would think that this this country was more progressive than that. But no, America has child marriages. America has forced labor. America does not protect women who are turned into prostitutes for whatever reason. And these people are part of these political parties, part of churches, part of these organizations that I feel are just cover-ups to be able to manipulate others. And that's why I don't like synchronicity with other people that I don't know. I definitely like to be my own person. Um, I definitely have earned my badges of life, my ability to live. Um, Extremely, extremely upset when I was first recording this podcast before this one. Um, I got to the part about where My mom had made me punch Edwin in the face. And after that, I lost Joey. I loved Joey so much. Joey and Edwin were two two boys that moved to my neighborhood in Greenville. And they were from Puerto Rico. Edwin pursued my sister. 
and Joey pursued me. And at that time, we had our own guys. Like, we didn't have to, um, I didn't have to worry about my sister, like, messing with Joey or anything like that. We didn't have that type of competition at that time. Um, but Joey just, I love him. And I got to see him once again in my older years. And at this point, he was married, but it was just a blessing. And I didn't realize it was going to be a blessing until I found out not too long after that, maybe a year or so, he died. And I hate the fact that everyone in my family was always policing who I was allowed to be with interfering with my relationships and making me look dumb wondering why I was being treated like shit by boyfriends or them and it's because there's this whole world that I didn't know was out there I've heard of drugs I've heard of prostitution but I didn't realize how close to home it was I didn't realize it was in my home so When I think about all the men my mom had in her life that I was witness to, I didn't realize they had a name. Pimps. Molesters, abusers. And it's like men who had their eyes on me when I was growing up, I didn't know. Most of them were always respectful to me. And so my mom decided on someone Again, which seemed like the last, like the last pinnacle, like she'd always set me up on dates. I remember dating a couple of her friends um, and, and turning down other men that were sent my way. But it's like when I turned 18, that was like the final straw for her. It seemed like because after I said no that time, she said fuck it and she gave up my sister and I. We went to go live with my brother and that's a whole nother story, a whole nother turmoil and chaos. But it's just like after dishonoring her wishes, I lost a lot of family support. I, I just hate her. I don't understand like how she could love me. I don't understand that love language. And so, 149 reasons why I hate my mom. This has helped me develop a sense of protection for myself. Because, although physically, she won't put her hands on me again, it's still a mental struggle. It so sucks. It sucks severely that I tried to kill myself. And it sucks when those puppet strings are on you because it's just like any minute now she's going to turn on herself and it'll be... It'll be her fault because she's the one who did it to herself. But just, I get so angry because when I was given this big task 
to break out of this uh, family cult. But why couldn't my mom do it? I mentioned that I was upset and hated her for the fact that she gave away Shay Shay. Shay Shay is my baby sister that was born to my stepfather. That's my mom and my stepfather's only biological child. And I just remember sitting around her one day. My sister Jasmine and I were sitting next to my mom and she was in the middle of us. And she was like telling us like, you know, I gave up Shay Shay because I didn't connect with her and I didn't want her to have to deal with her father. And I remember feeling like looking at her like, what? So I had to take it all. I don't know if Jasmine was abused physically by my stepfather. She was definitely beaten a lot by my mom because she just was bad, I guess. Um, I know one time was really bad where she put Jasmine in the tub, took her out of the tub, beat her, and told her to get back in the tub. But still now, um, Jasmine has replaced where I was as far as being the child that gets taken care of no matter what she's done. She's been to prison. She has not gotten a high school education. Um, I went to college and can take care of myself. And still, I don't get that. You know, it's okay. You know, I broke away. It's scary. Sometimes. I know that if somebody was messing with me, I could call my family, but... What sense would it make? Would they really protect me? They haven't in the past. Um, I have to constantly be mindful and not think about suicide and think about not existing. And so this box of caution, since everyone wants to be all in my business. Here it is. <sighs> Selfish struggling with forgiveness. Just know that if it's not within reach, if it's not what you believe in, you don't have to forgive them, but you have to work through your pain. You have to find the whole reason of it. 
And most likely it's not your fault. It's just that the world operates on the exchanges of goods and services. And unfortunately, that has included the exchange of goods and services, which include humans, human capital. And it's a really hard thing to accept that this is not an American anomaly. This is not something that is so rare that only happened in my life, but it happens all the time. And the country that we call America, the land of the free. But how free are we when we have parents like mine who are essentially a business who essentially discard their weakest workers. And apparently I was weak in the fact that I didn't uphold family standards and that I continue to speak out. They love me at a distance. If I could add one more thing, there'd probably be a part two. It'll be 149 plus reasons. But as of right now, I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you for tuning in to the intimacies of London Snowbell. Recorded here at Snowball's Castle. January 20th. The inauguration day. Wow. Trump will officially be out of office. But I'm fighting my own war. People try to destroy my capital, my brain. This is the end of suffering. I don't want to suffer anymore. I'm not going to wait till I get onto a TED Talk where I'm brought on TV to express what has happened to me, to share my story. Because if I wait till then, it'll all bottle up inside of me and I'll explode. So, I hope to sleep peacefully tonight and thank you again for tuning in. Good night.